Before we get started, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a couple of seconds, and most likely you're probably on either one of those apps this very moment. A little bit of effort on your end goes a very long way in getting this podcast to as many people as possible. We're all on this journey of awakening and self-discovery. Let's help some other people tune in and listen to these authentic, connected, inspiring conversations. I won't talk your ear off anymore. We got a great episode, and here it is. Welcome to Opening Presence, the podcast about creative self-realization. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining me. In this conversation, I sit down with Darrell Wade. He's a community activist, educator, and the founder of Black Men's Wellness, a community-based initiative that addresses health concerns commonly affecting Black and African American men. In this conversation, we discuss the importance of having a hands-on approach to our personal health and how Black Men's Wellness has made healing approachable through workshops, activities, and spending time in nature. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. Now, without further ado, welcome to Opening Presents. All right, spit a freestyle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> welcome to Opening Presents. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining us on this hot, hot fire day hot in Portland, Oregon. But I'm, I'm running with the current of the heat, like instead of running away and amber, amber alerting and all that kind of stuff where everybody's like freaking out. I'm just like, you know what? There's a place called Texas that has it like this every day. Yep. <laughs> and Oklahoma. And, the, and at the humidity. Yeah to that and it, it feels even hotter it's like a wet it's like it's like someone like holding you underneath a wet blanket if you've ever done like a uh i did a lakota sweat lodge mm. <laughs> and before you get into that story yeah. let me introduce you mr Darrell wade how are you i'm good <laughs> thank you so much for being here now how was that sweat lodge it was transformative. It was very. It was very spiritual. It was loud. It was dark and terrifying at moments, and but and cleansing. So, uh, have you ever d- done the sweat lodge before? I have not. I want to know all the details. So, it's a, a indigenous and native. Um, spiritual practice. Um, some would even say like a native version of church. And um, this this particular um, lodge was it's almost like a. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect, so it's it's like a dome, and this dome is maybe it's it's like a tent dome, and. It's maybe at the highest. It's it's the ceiling is only high enough for you really to you can't stand in it to sit down in. And what they do is they begin to cover it with tarp um, and layer it, and then there's a little hole in the top um, for the steam to escape. And you're in there. They have they have men sweats, and then they have their gender sweats. Is how um, is how it's it's how native tradition is what native tradition allows. I don't believe there's coed sweats, and this was a a, a male sweat ceremony, and it's by the time they finish layering it with tarps and blankets, it's pitch black you can't see your hand in front of your face and they have 
kind of a pool of water with rocks in the center. And they have a fire tender. So there's a huge fire outside of this where they're cooking these large rocks that they refer to as the grandfathers. So you have the grandfathers or the ancestors. And then you have the sky, which is the great grandfather, according to uh, their spiritual beliefs. And then you have the earth, which is the mother. And these sweats can last up to several hours uh, with breaks in between. They have um, a couple of drums inside they, and where they sing. Uh, native spirituals it's loud it's dark and you and you can be in there i think there might have been 14 guys in there and it gets dark and so hot so is it like smoke from like burning a certain like wood or like is it steam from the rocks it's steam from the rocks so they also they burn sage and different herbs and uh, medicines. Because my first thought was like, oh, this is going to smell horrible. A bunch of dudes up in here, like, <laughs> sweating. But actually, it smelled wonderful. And I smelled wonderful by, by the end of my, se- my, my session. And so it, um, and, they, and they, they have a ladle where they pour water on these rocks. What's the intention of the ceremony? Prayer. Um, um, reconnecting with uh, whatever spiritual being uh, that you may be connected to at the moment. Um, cleansing, I think. For me, I think, I think each individual uh, participant or attendee may have a um, different goals in mind. For me, I don't know. I don't know what I was looking for. I just needed something to recenter me and uh, to reset me spiritually. And that's what, that's what I got out of it. Is that what you kind of went in with? Like you saw this as an opportunity to like reconnect and kind of redirect yourself like as like a, a therapeutic way to Man. kind of find yeah. a, a new path? Yeah. So how did you come about finding like a sweat lodge? Are you like in the yellow pages or something? No, a homie <laughs> invited me. <laughs> a homie invited me. Yeah. What state was it in? This was Oregon. Okay. That's dope. And he's actually building one in his backyard. So Dude, that's going to be sweet. So we should, yeah. Yeah, I'm always down. Actually, it's so funny that you like led with that, and it's wild that I've noticed in this podcast, like whatever like natural conversation happens in the beginning, like we just immediately like start at that point. So just talking about the heat got us to the sweat lodge, which is like obviously like a healing practice. And yesterday I had my first somatic release breathwork session, and it was completely transformational like it was right here in my living room with my friend uh ryan williams who's been on the podcast and he just got certified um to be a practitioner for this certain breath work and i went in not even knowing like what to expect because i'm doing like meditation stuff and i thought we're literally going to be on the cushion and i thought he was going to just teach me like technique of like all right this is how you're supposed to breathe in and out and just kind of like do like a training but he was like, all right, now lay on your back. And I was like, all right. And he gives me like, like just, he puts the music on and sets the stage and we kind of like drop in, do a little bit of meditation before, but it starts out with just like, it's a, like an hour and a half, two hour experience. And he says like, start breathing heavily. So I go <laughs> for like 30 minutes straight. Like after the first 15 seconds, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And he's just like, all right, keep on breathing, keep on breathing, keep on breathing. And I'm just going on and on and on. And I, I felt like I was fucking panicking. Like it was just like the most uncomfortable thing in the world. And like to keep this story like concise, it's like, like going all the way up this mountain, like 45 minutes of just 
deep, deep breathing. And then the second half of it is like, um, like deep inhales, but like longer exhales to calm the body down. Um, but amongst this giant, like fight or flight panic, like there's stored energy in the body from like old traumas and stuff that we kind of like pack into our nervous system. And like, we, there's not like a, a moment to process them in that moment. So when we're like seven years old and we see something horrible or like, like we freeze in the moment where something traumatic happens and we eat that emotion and we're not able to like express it out in that moment, it gets trapped in our nervous system. So at, once I was like done with the heavy breathing and started with like the relaxed breathing, um, which was a very difficult experience. Like there was a point where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like make it through this thing. <laughs> like there was a point where I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but when I was coming back down, like my body started just trembling and like shaking and my hands were clenched into this giant fist. Like I've never squeezed my hands this tight and I was still like holding on to it. So it was releasing all of this tension in my body and the next like hour hour and a half was me just like uh meditating on like what do I want to bring into my life like while I, I'm still trembling and like allowing love to come back into the space and I kid you not like this was like on par with ayahuasca on par with mushrooms LSD all of it like it was a transcendental psychedelic experience just from breath work and i'm like yo i did not know that this shit was possible that's it's interesting that you mentioned that because my last um my last uh um session at acupuncture um my acupuncturist he uh you know he teaches like he leads like let me see if I can say this right. Is it Qigong? Yep. Yep. And uh, he. Th- What's he th- his name? Darren. Okay. I thought it was going to be the same person I went to, but. <laughs> <laughs> I call him Dr. Darren, but I, I forgot his last name. And But he teaches out of, uh, he, he, he practices out of Pearl Hill Center. And he talked about how we have everything in our body that we need like to heal and you know like a a lot of external things and this is this is not this isn't a knock against like anyone who like microdoses or you know partakes in you know who smokes or anything like that but he was saying that he personally doesn't because he believes we have everything in our bodies that we need so it's interesting that you would say that you had a similar experience of folks who might you know i'm saying just just from breath work because when he said that, I was like, I don't know if I how I feel about that statement. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're just different. It's just different modalities, and, you know. And I wondered what he. I was like, I wonder what he meant by that. But that stuck with me since my last session. I was like, hmm, you know. And you know, for those who, and thanks for that warm introduction. Who are, are familiar with me? Then I I lead a, a public health initiative initiative called Black Men's Wellness. So. I'm always lo- I'm always looking for non-medicinal ways to achieve a sense of wellness for us as black men and and black folk in general um especially as it pertains to like addressing our trauma and uh anxiety and things that will ultimately affect uh our physical health especially our blood pressure um and our and our our our, our heart so it's interesting that you would say that i was i would love to know more about that experience oh like most definitely like i'm trying to put every like when you walked in i was on the phone with my friend Lindsay, and i've just been calling the people who are ready for it because not everybody's ready for like that type of depth of an experience like not everybody's ready to jump into a sweat lodge. Like, I think healing, like, it comes in steps. And it's, like, first comes, like, the awareness that we need the healing. And, like, where do we go to get it? And can we trust the people, like, that are leading us and guiding us into these spaces? Because it's not, you, like, you can't just go out there and just, like, trust and find somebody. And, like, where do you start, like, when it comes to healing? Do you have any insight about 
What well, is interesting that you say that. So, I mean, you attended our wellness week, mm-hmm. um, uh, some of our events. And so when people inquire about what does black men's wellness do, I, the way I explained is we, we host workshops that are introductory wellness practices. So I'm, it's actually really affirming that you would say that. Cause I feel like that's something that gets looked over. Mm. You know, some folks think, Oh, we're there an outdoor group. Oh, you take black men to do cool stuff. Oh, you such and such, such and such. These are all introductory practices because as a black man, that's how, that's how my journey to wellness began. It's just baby steps. It's just going on walks, nature walks. And then nature walks will be, became hikes. And, um, meditation you know meditating for like you know for me like even with that like and it's funny because my doctor doctor actually prescribed meditation to me Mm. he was like there's this headspace or these apps or such and such and uh for some of us with backgrounds that uh contest those practices for honestly a lot of times for superstitious reasons um really just creating space where folks can feel safe and say okay this is what this is you know this is what this is i took a brother on like a this was like a nature walk on the coast and my man was freaking out i mean you would have thought we were in the andes Mm -hmm. i was like bro there's a uh Starbucks, like <laughs> yeah, five minutes away. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, so but it was like that's how it it started. Black men's wellness started was really just on a case by case basis, taking some friends of mine on hikes, and some of these guys grew up in inner Portland, and just taking them on like little trails that literally like five minutes, you can still hear the highway, and they're freaking out. They're like, oh my god. I'm going to die out here. <laughs> the cougars out here? Like, nah, bro. You ain't got to worry about that. Like, yeah. And so just introductory wellness practices. It's like baby yeah. steps. That is wild that you said that it's like it's overlooked and it's just like, no, like that's exactly it. And like so fucking genius too because it's just like to ask somebody to do a, like a meditation practice like consistently yeah. off, off the bat. Mm-hmm. Like that's asking way too much of a commitment for anybody, really, like yeah. especially like the healing qualities of nature and just really connecting with Mother Earth and to begin the 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 inquiry of like, oh, what is this world? What is my relationship to this earth? I think those are some of like maybe the natural things that kind of come up of like what what else is there? I think that's something that like nature can inspire us uh, right. to ask that question. And, and nature is, I mean, connecting with nature is a huge part of our healing. And that's why I think some people think that black men's wellness is an outdoor excursion group. We're not, we're a public health initiative, but you cannot have like 360 health and wellness without including uh, access to green space and the the outdoors like that's just such a huge healing component for us like there's 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 actually peer-reviewed studies to show that just being among an abundance of trees like lowers our blood pressure and in japan they actually like build their offices their corporate offices they situate them i found out amongst these walking trails there's a book i read called the nature fix what blood pressure monitors amongst these trails so that their employees can walk, take mindfulness walks, and then monitor their blood pressure throughout their workday. And, um, and so that's just, the, that's, that's just one major component. Because when you think about it, like, you know, it's where we source our food. It's how we source our food is uh, our water. Like it's everything that affects our overall health is connected to the outdoors in some way, shape, or form. And um, so that's that that's a huge component. So we host workshops around nutrition, um, physical fitness, so yoga, 
or CrossFit workshops, who, you know, whoever can lead those, um, mental health and wellness workshops. So group therapy, um, we've had a mindfulness coloring event. Um, so anything that will ad- address those needs and obviously, you know, several meditation workshops, um, but the outdoors is just such a key. It's just such a been a, a key component to my own personal health and wellness. Like I, I'm, and even now I'm learning like how much. Yeah. Well, it's like, it doesn't require, it's not an activity really. It's like, you just, you just chip, change the location of your body. Yeah. Right. Like you literally <laughs> just go there and yeah. it's, and it's like working magic on you. Like all the other things it's like, Oh, you got to work out. You got to, do this you got to do that and it's like an activity that you have to like engage with but like i don't know there's just an ease that overcomes the body when you're out in nature like i'm going camping next week and i'm like i got my shit like right by the door i'm like oh i got all my <laughs> stuff ready like like i'm so excited just to go and you're more than welcome to come too if you'd like to um where are you headed uh timothy lake oh, i love Timothy. yeah lake. timothy's my spot i just keep coming back like and just setting up shop and just surprised you're able to find a spot there yeah i go on like the back side though like where there's no like camping sites and all that kind of stuff where it's kind of like a dirt road and you get oh, yeah. like those walk-up sites oh you're dry camping are you dry camping what does dry camping mean so no bathrooms yeah none of that yeah, yeah none of that i don't like i don't want to see anybody's blonde hair blue-eyed kids running around <laughs> <laughs> i um i have some friends that were trying they that they do that I have a a couple books that says camp for free in Oregon and there's just tons of sites. Yeah. Of like dry camping sites. Yeah. I just I, want to be by the water. That's all that really matters to me. I haven't man, I don't know, man. I ha- so that's 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 where we go back to baby steps. So I've only been camping a few times. And uh I'm I'm a big shower guy. Mm, <laughs> big shower guy. I like to I like to I like to be clean even when I'm camping. But I figure out ways to do that. I've, I'm, I've been looking at ways where you can just like pump in water from like the the. So uh, you need to have like full on like yeah. Irish Spring and Dove, and I like do. you need to get I, lathered and stuff when I, you're camping. I, I gotta have something like wow, that. Wow, you can't just jump in the lake. Nah, man, my skin's super sensitive. I have to boil the water and oh, like. Oh lord! And, but there's a way you can do that. I found yeah. out like that you can like just boil it on your campfire. And then you pour it into like uh, this pump. Actually, it's just a, I think the one I'm, I saw it's just like a, like a chemical bucket pump and you can literally pump it and have a hot shot. Okay. <laughs> hey, but if you want to bring your portable shower, bring it on. I might I'm sure do they that. sell them on Amazon. But I am also planning on going to the coast pretty soon. So yeah, see, I like, it's either, I feel like it's either you're a coast person or like a, go east and go camping into like the mountains and the woods and all that kind of stuff because like people ask me to go to the coast and i'm like i'm from san diego like i'm good like i i know what a beach looks like and yeah that ain't the beach right. that i'm used to <laughs> like i'm used to a little bit nicer not this like barren nordic wasteland <laughs> where are the nords at so where did your where would you say like your healing journey begin because it's everyone has like kind of the initiator of like what is like the uh yeah the initiator of like your healing journey oh man shoot there's so many points i feel like i would say honestly when i moved to oregon Mm. dude me too i feel like when i moved to oregon (laughs) for real i mean i could probably go back further than that of when like there were some seeds planted Mm -hmm. but i would say when those seeds uh began to bear fruit uh, is when I moved to Oregon because that's when I was conscious of it. Mm-hmm. That's when I became conscious of it, and I moved here from Oklahoma. I'm originally, I mean, I was born and raised in St. Louis, but I went to school in Oklahoma. But when I came here and I saw the ocean for the first time, I just felt like a wave of calm. I guess I saw the ocean for the second time, but seeing the ocean, going to Santa Monica Pier for work. <laughs> it, which is the first time I saw the ocean and then seeing the Oregon coast I don't know I just I just felt like a wave of 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 calm come over me 
and uh seeing my first natural waterfall i mean i feel like it started there and just connecting with people especially people who look like me and watching them like actually participate in wellness activities so i had a friend tiffany and she's she's a yoga like instructor now she's like a yoga guru and she she leads retreats in barbados what's up tiffany um and and now and my now wife was like the only person for the longest time out of all my friends who would go on hikes with me um taking yoga class just really open to like overall wellness like she's an avid mm-hmm. like gardener um and i feel like that's where it really started for me and it's just i don't know man oregon's such a healing place yeah what do you think it is about oregon because i've had that same experience like after like losing my mom and then like going to timothy lake like pretty much close to after that and like having my first like large mushroom trip out there by myself and my dog and just doing like literally meditating and doing yoga like all day long and just walking around and connecting with the trees and stuff and like starting my healing journey here um i have like a theory of like with how many trees are here there's more oxygen so like being able to like breathe cleaner air or at least more an abundant um oxygen resource rather than a city where it's like where are the trees like type of thing so i think with the amount of trees like it gives the body like what it needs especially when you go up in the mountains so when you talk about like mountain or coast i'm both and probably because being from the midwest we have neither mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um and i just think um the access to green space and the Pacific Northwest is so unmatched. Uh, the first time I saw Mount Hood, I was just like, dang, there it is. There's a mountain right in front of me, a snow-capped mountain on, on a clear day. And I, um, I, had a, I had a friend, she's an artist, and she had a project called um, something about change, just about how people change. And I, and I was a subject of one of those, just like how our minds change throughout like our, you know, as we, as, as we evolve and mature. And I knew her back in Oklahoma where we went, to, we, where we both went to school and, but she interviewed this other guy and he's an ex drug dealer and he was just tied up in street life and he just, he just left. I think he's from Chicago. And he's like, I just packed everything, all my money, I'm aware to be long, and I just drove as far as I could. And this just stuck with me. This is a big dude. And he's he was just like, I got to Washington, and that's when the sky opened up and I saw Mount Hood. And he said he pulled over. This is a big dude who's like from the streets of Chicago. He said, I pulled over and I bawled my eyes out. I cried so hard when I saw the mountain. And there's a Right. He's crying, but we know that there was probably healing that was taking place in his life. And he said, and after I said, I've been here ever since it was the late nineties, he said, and he said, he's been here ever since started family, raised his family. He's like, I've been here ever since. So I just think that especially if you don't have access to that sort of like, uh, where nature's just so majestic and in your face and it's it's calling out to you like that. I think I think that's something that's unique about Oregon. And in Portland, even though it's become like this like you know, it's 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 like on the map for so many things. It's not like when I moved here at least it wasn't this like this overwhelming metropolis. It was more like I have friends who visit who's like it's like they just put a city in a forest basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were just amazed about how many trees were here. Mm-hmm. I have friends visit from LA, people visit from uh, the Midwest who had never been here, and they didn't know anything about Portland or Oregon. 
at all. And they were just like, what's here? And they came and was like, oh, my God, it's so green here. And that's something I noticed, too, like the candy cotton clouds and mist sitting over the trees during the fall and the right days. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful here. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about, like, that gentleman's journey across from Chicago to Mount Hood because it's, like, everybody's, like, journey of, like, healing or awakening yeah it looks different like mm-hmm. it's not everybody's is the same and not everybody has suffered enough we're so conditioned to like feeling the pain of like hurt from family from relationships or from career and like get so conditioned and almost like addicted to the suffering yeah. after a while where it's like you can't even like envision something else because it would take you away from what's the familiar thing for ourselves so it's like we keep sometimes like feeling helpless it's it's easier to feel helpless and just stay on the assembly line because it's predictable and it's not as scary as like what's on the other side of like shining a light on the thing that's causing us the suffering it's kind of like all right well if i can just expect this like at least it's not as scary as like what could be a monster when it's like you're facing your shadow and you have to kind of be accountable to move it in a specific direction because it's one thing to just be like oh yeah like the man, this and that. And there are people that have many different circumstances. I'm not here to cast shade on anybody's things. Everybody has their own thing going on. Everyone has their own pain that they have to deal with. But it's like, it's nobody else's besides yours to deal with. And I think that's something like everyone has like power over a situation if they choose to engage with it in a particular way. And figuring out how to engage is like that's the first giant hurdle but there's light on the other side of making that first action which is why i feel like black men's wellness is such like a like a beacon to just enter at like not a lot of uh risk it's like it's very approachable and there's other people that are further along like yourself on like the journey it's beautiful to like witness somebody's like kind of like first steps into like that new space of perceiving self in relationship to the world to their own trauma to their friends and family and to begin on that journey because it's like like oh i can experience something different oh like what else is out here and that's that's like that's god's work right there well it's it's um well thank you (laughs) it's um it's just so interesting i mean we as black folk as we know we're perpetually in a state of healing with the way the world is set up in that, you know, especially here in America, we're in a constant state where we're, we're, we're just, we're, we're always in need of healing. It's, it's one incident after the other. It's one news story after the other. It's one Instagram post after the other. It's one, you know, whether it's direct or it's indirect, whether it's from our social media feeds, whether it's from uh, something that's happened in our family, we're always in a state of healing. And I don't think that we've traditionally been equipped with the tools to know how to essentially create like our own solve for that or salve for our wounds Mm -hmm. let alone heal one another but those tools are right there and we just haven't been educated you know we've been taught church and that and that and i do believe that can provide a sense of healing just that community you know if you have a spiritual practice or community that 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 is there However, there are there's a whole box, boxes even, of other tools that we just ignore because we've been taught to be superstitious. Oh, this is this is this is evil, this is devil worship, and this is this, this is that, this is bad luck, this is gonna bring a curse on you. This is and I mean and that is something, especially growing up in the Midwest is something I myself had to grapple mm. because on one hand, you know, you know, I have my, my grandparents who who were strong evangelicals and that's something that I'll always respect because that drove them and that anchored them. 
and their um and that also allowed them to bring healing in my life where I needed it and protection as well. Um, so I can't really throw the baby out the bathwater, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people do. Oh, blah, 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 <laughs> you know? And, but I'm also learning that it doesn't all begin and end within the confines of this spiritual or religious, um, structure. Mm-hmm. And I think as black folk, that's something that we have yet to confront, you know, but also if we're talking about like meditation, for instance, <laughs> I don't know any spiritual practice, including, including Judea, like, uh, Christianity that doesn't promote meditation. Mm-hmm. Every, like almost every spiritual practice that I've studied promotes meditation. And that's something that, uh, you know, we don't talk about, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I feel like we just, we, 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 as black folks, we, 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 in general, sometimes we can, especially in like, if you start in the Midwest, going down to the South, we just like, this is what, this is what spirituality looks like. And this is what it can only look like. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we have to confront. Um, and I do believe that's something that impedes on our ability to heal. Yeah, like the pre-program. Well, how would you define spirituality? Ooh, oh, man, that's not fair. That's yeah. question, bro. I, okay, I'll, I'll kind of dive in, like, like relationship to a higher power in where it's, it's intimate. It's like an intimate knowing and understanding that there is consciousness greater than us and that we can interact with that consciousness if we get out of our own way. Because it's is, like the laws, of, understanding the laws of the universe and being like, all right, I'm with you because I feel you with me. And that relationship is something that like is lost and, and regaining that um, is that, so important. That's exactly how I would define it, honestly. Just knowing that there's something bigger than us out there to, to to connect to and and just knowing that we we we're, we're we're more than just physical beings mhm mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so i think just just that within itself yeah but it's like we learn that through experience though like that's like the father of all teaching is like an actual experience cuz we can talk and preach till you're blue in the face but it's like until you like really really experience it yeah. then it's like you don't have any like reference point which is why like even like the breathwork thing was so profound because it was like similar to any other like psychedelic experience. It was its own independent thing, but there was like a place where like I entered the void and I was like one with God essentially. And just like, it was just pitch black and I was just resting in this like softness and I was feeling like, like joy and love. And I was like, there was a point where I was like laughing uncontrollably for like 15 minutes, just like experiencing like oneness with source. And I was just like cheesing and just like, giggling and just like oh my god i'm so appreciative like this is this is amazing this is beautiful and connecting like to that core of our being and that's within all of us but it's like we get distracted by what's on the news and it's just like like jack in the box is making money off of us pepsi's making money off us to keep us sick to keep us unhappy to keep us fighting each other and it's like we haven't we're still like caught up in that like very material manipulative parasitic space where it's like Yo, like if you take one step out of it and realize you don't have to deal with that shit, it's like they're profiting off of our attention and our energy yeah. and they're feeding off of it. But if we choose to not give our energy to those systems, they won't have the power like they do have over us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's profound. I mean, <laughs> I mean, do you think that's easier said than done? It's the more difficult path. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's like going into it, just knowing that it's like, it's going to take a lot more work and it's going to require a lot more of me, but it's going to be more fruitful for me and for the people that are in my life. And are people willing to sacrifice that comfort? Because like, there's a comfort in having like your Uber Eats delivered to you, like McDonald's delivered to you three blocks away from your house like you won't even get your fat fat ass up to walk <laughs> to the mcdonald's you're getting you're gonna uber eats a fucking sausage egg mcmuffin even though they're delicious as fuck but it's like you're gonna uber eats an egg mcmuffin 
and a coffee and hash browns and two little breakfast burritos. And it's going to cost you $20. Yeah, like a mile away from your house. So you weren't even willing to get up. So it's like a complete reprogramming and and, um, it's it's easier to just do that. But it's like the cost, though. I don't think waging the cost because you you keep referencing like high blood pressure and like heart health. And and it seems like we don't pay attention to those things until there's a fucking like like the floor drops down. It's like, oh, there's an emergency. Now I'm going to pay attention. But it's like, no, like the healing starts now. Like even if your life's great, you still have unprocessed things that you haven't addressed. And and you can start now. Well, you talked about how we we build up trauma in our nerve systems, mm-hmm. and that is overall going to right affect our. <laughs> it's like a, and my wife described it like a bank account. The way we eat, the way we go about our daily lives, how we process information. Um, eventually, that is going to take a toll on us at some point, especially if we don't address it in the now. And that's one of the challenges of really trying to explain the mission of Black Men's Wellness is I feel like convincing folks to invest in now. Invest now. Mm-hmm. Let's do this now because don't wait until you're 48 years old and you know, you're having issues that you never thought you'd have. You're having organs removed that <laughs> that are vital because they've been uh damaged beyond repair and even just ex- trying to explain that to to funders right because we're a nonprofit. Yeah. so uh more recently there was a funder who said that we were only addressing a symptom and i took i took personal offense to that number one because we have a our whole medical system is literally predicated on <laughs> addressing symptoms yes and that is it yep and but also this was an organization who is largely white and they don't have anyone on their staff or board to represent the community that they're you know what i'm saying that they're denying funding mm-hmm. to and whether we're addressing symptoms or not is i feel like is a non-issue if you're a funder the question is, is are we actually doing the work but you know i disagree wholeheartedly because of what my hope is that this will be a cultural shift, mm-hmm. you know, that we're part of a cultural shift of wellness and the black community as whole. That's my, that's my, my overarching goal mm-hmm. is that this is something that we'll pass down for generations. This is how we take care of ourselves and this is how we take care of one another. And so it's ex- explaining that is, 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 is been one of the greatest challenges. Yeah. Like this yeah. is, this is more than just, um, menial workshops or events i hope that those who participate in these events will go on to practice this and 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 add this into their daily lifestyle yeah the whole point yeah the whole point is for them to become stewards right and bringing their family into it because it just spreads and yeah i the idea of like people who don't identify like having any sort of say and to perceive when you don't have like the internal software or compass to even know what the fuck you're talking about. Right. Like, and just like every single turn, it's like, Oh, rap music, this, that, that, that. Yeah. It's like, yo, like, like just move out of the way. Like you don't like, you don't have a say in this. And, right. And you're becoming, you're becoming a parasite and like, it just feels bad now because your ego gets in the way and and dealing with that kind of bs when it's like yo let like the visionaries do our thing man it's interesting because it's you know when i heard that and uh normally you know you have an option sometimes if you get denied funding as a nonprofit to have a follow-up meeting with that potential funder and normally i don't engage in those follow-up meetings but this time i really want to hear you know i was like why what did because i even when i was filling out the application i just had questions i was like wait why are they why do they feel like they have the right to ask these questions Mm. (laughs) these are certain this has nothing to do with because the questions the way they were directed was like we're going to decide what communities of color need 
how they need to address and tear down systems of oppression and, and how those systems affect them personally. We're deciding how they should address those. And I just like this. This is interesting. And, and it wasn't it wasn't that much funding, to be honest. It was actually a, a, what we would call a micro grant or a seeding grant, actually a seeding grant for general funding. And especially when you consider a, a seeding grant, it's kind of like there's no like it's just open. Right. You can use it. For, however, and my plan was to use it for towards our wellness week events. And but when I as, as, as the meeting went on, and it was a short meeting and I was already at a national conference during this meeting in New Orleans when we talk about humidity. Um, <laughs> um, so it was a short meeting, but the more I listened to this person, the more I got wind that they didn't even have the wherewithal to click on our website, which was a link in the application. Like they didn't understand what, who we were and what we did. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they said was, oh, if you would have explained it like that, and so I had to explain, well, what you're talking about now is code switching. When really all you have to do is look at the work that we've done and the work that we're doing and decide whether we're a fit. We're an organization that you are a program that you want to fund. It's as simple as that. You can say, well, we don't want to get behind that. Or we're going to get behind that. Because we have videos. We have our, I mean, this is the age of information that we're yeah. in. Yeah, and just to just to be ignorant to and just not do your job at the at the same time. Right, and when you could simply just click on it's you're one click away, literally from saying, okay, this is their mission statement. Oh, are they actually fulfilling? What are they doing to actually like fulfill this mission? And what have they done? But instead of that, you just kind of like just. You drew your own conclusions based on whatever information that you could gather. And I get, if you don't have time, that's fine. Just say, hey, you know what? We ran out of funding. Yeah, let me rely on my prejudices. Right. Let me, <laughs> right. <laughs> they, don't, they don't fail me at all. Uh, I, have a, I have a good friend who does um, a consulting work who was trying to apply for some funding as well. Um, um, and um, they do a lot around tearing down. Uh, systems um, that are especially harmful to like the transgender community and you know we linked up at Jazz Fest uh, shout out to Elliot Hinkle Unicorn Solutions and and they are white but they were just like yeah I, w- I was trying to apply for this funding and I ran into these barriers <laughs> and and then they and then they said this is why communities of color can't get funded like there's just another like it's just another system of white supremacy to say, oh, have this A, B, 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 yeah, we A, B, C, D. You're right. Right. Who, what, who has what in order? And I was like, right. And I shared like my experience with this organization. Where, and they were like, wow. I was like, yeah, that, they literally straight up told us, oh, you guys, are, you guys aren't doing anything. Yeah. I was like, really? Because we just had a wellness week where we were able to touch uh, 160 lives. And they literally had nothing but wonderful things to say, these black folks. And um, that's really all that matters. It doesn't matter if some bullshit, you know, philanthropist thinks that they're like doing whatever. Like what matters is the folks who come to these workshops and their lives are being touched Mm -hmm. and that they're sharing these, um, you know, with their partners and with their children and with their, 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 their family and with their community. And, um, there was a, a father and son that showed up to the kayaking event. Mm-hmm. I remember the, the father wore his air forces. Yeah. 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 He's <laughs> like, ah, wrong day to bring the forces out. Yeah. But he brought his son who was visiting from Oklahoma actually. And I didn't really get to interact with much with them, but, uh, Ryan, um, our partner from the Columbia watershed council, uh, was like, yeah, dude, that kid was terrified to get in that canoe. But by the time he got back, he was so excited that mm-hmm. like he wanted to go back out. And I was like, that's what I wanted. Yeah. And then I saw the dad again at Good in the Hood, and, um, um, which is a, a, a long-running, like, Juneteenth celebration here in Portland. And he was like, man, you got any more events? And I was like, no, but I, I'll connect you with other black and BIPOC organizations that do 
And so I sent him a link. He's like, man, yeah, he's here. I was like, and he's he's super excited. He had so much fun. And, and this, you know, this his kid was, I think he was 11. Mm-hmm. Young, young kid. And uh, yeah, that's like, that's planting the seed like early in and later in life for like the father too. Like I'm sure right. they had like a very similar experience. Right. Like they're like, oh, this is fun. Like I've never done this before. And it's like, like late thirties father, eleven year old son, like still being kids together essentially. Yeah. And there was that that's so the theme of the wellness week was honoring and recognizing black fathers. The the goal is to have a different theme every week. Yeah. I mean every year. And this was our first year for our wellness week. And uh so it was encouraged that that uh, you know fathers would bring out their sons, daughters, partners, mm-hmm. and uh, engage in these activities uh, with them as a community. And I couldn't hope for more than that. Honestly, that is really what I want to take away: is uh, really like uh, community healing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it does happen in community. <sighs> I think since we're still on the subject, you and I were on a canoe and we couldn't seem to get on the same page. <laughs> I was like, that was like the first time we like kicked it. Yeah, so yeah, everybody, yeah. so you steer the canoe from the back, essentially. Darrell and I were on the same canoe. We had another person that was uh, recording video, like that was in the center. So he wasn't recording at all. Um, we had some interesting conditions because like the lake had like this growth all on top of it. I don't even know what it was like. Yeah, it, it looked like dirt, but it was just like this aquatic vegetation. Yeah, but massive. But we couldn't, we couldn't do anything right. Hey man, we got to work out. Yo, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I would because every time I would like rotate sides, you'd be like, no, you got to stay on one side. But as soon as I'd stay on that one side, we'd start arcing into a circle. Yeah, so I yeah. have to straight us, straighten us out. It's true. Yeah, I want to hear your explanation because I was so just like the reality. I like, is... I like Darrell doesn't know how to canoe, obviously. <laughs> so I, so I've been, be- I have been canoeing before, but I think I forgot like actually how to steer, like somehow in the moment, and my mind was just all over the place. So I actually forgot. I was like, man, how do I do this again? I, like, because there, there's certain like little techniques, like you, you, you hold like your oar. Like up up against the canoe, like if you want to on one side, and it acts as a rudder. Um, and then I think I found myself trying to be the engine because we were in that like that that vegetation. Also, the lakes. This was at Smith and Bybee Lakes in North Portland, which is like seven minutes from my house. The lakes were historically high like 40 year high there mm. it was that like normally around that time of year i think the lake was like seven feet and it was almost 20 feet when oh, we were shit. on it yeah damn so i was like yeah it's tr- it's true I, I i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't in my best form <laughs> you're like stay on one side i was like if you give me direction i felt like i was like steer i was like propelling and steering at the same time Aaron was, was ready like, to was smack like, me with not, the oar i was like i do not want to hear it you're like don't switch sides oh, had yeah. I, yeah had i known you were having a crisis in figuring uh, it out i didn't know what i was doing bro i was like but it was fun though. I was freestyling it, but I had a great time. No, it was it was amazing. I I enjoyed everyone was there. Shout out to Malik who uh led us and uh, Yeah, shout out to safety. Big Leak. Yeah. yeah. So before we finish up, I want to ask like are, are there any other like healing practices that you haven't tried that you're interested in getting into? Oh man. So I love board sports. Uh I find uh snowboarding heavily therapeutic for um for me just being on a mountain in general but i haven't really connected in the ocean with the ocean in the way that i wanted to like i haven't really swam in the ocean Mm. and they've and several people have been trying to get me to try surfing uh so i would love to try that um and i would love to get deeper honestly in the meditation like i feel like as far as like just silent meditation without like any kind of music or anything like that, 
Um, um, my the longest I've been able to go is like my eyes closed is like five minutes. Five? Yeah. Five's better than none. I think it's just like the repetition. It's just getting used to that. Like if you just do it the same time every single day type of thing. Yeah. Instead of just like a last minute. Oh, I'm going to get to it. Yeah. I think that's where like the muscle starts to grow and develop. And then it's like you start to expect it. And then you start dropping in and then sitting longer and then creating a routine around it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's similar to like what you were saying before, just like investing into it now yeah. and the consistency part of it is the thing that like, I'm not even like, when I talk about meditation, it's not even like a spiritual thing. I'm just like, do it as just like, like you're brushing your teeth. You brush your teeth every single day. You take a shower every single day, just sit down and be with yourself every single day without the added layer of like Buddhism and the Dharma and like all yeah. the true four noble truths and the spirituality and all that kind of stuff is just like learn how to be with yourself and experience what it feels like to take a deep breath and all the sensations that are happening all at once. Um, that's kind of like the baseline, but yeah, practice comes just like any other healing modality, like when it's time, when it's, when we're ready for it. I would like to try Tai Chi or Qigong. Yeah. Those, I hear great things about both. There's always like somebody doing it in the park. If you walk, like if you go to a like a like Laurelhurst Park or any park in the yeah. city, like on an early ass morning, like there's gonna be somebody doing like qigong in there. Yeah, I would, I would, um, I would love to try that. I mean, there's a a whole notebook of things I would just love to try. Yeah. What about like any like plant medicines or like te- techniques? That. I gotta be careful because I got family that. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I have, um, I have some friends that have been trying to get me to try microdosing and I'll just leave it at this. I have, I am considering it. I've heard really positive things. I haven't decided. And that's largely because of, you know, that's more of a, a trauma thing with me. Yeah. Right. It's the most healing. Like It's so healing. Like it's, it opens the heart up and yeah. it, it caresses you and, and it makes everything okay. <laughs> like that's like what I did like like in my deepest like transformational place it's not like oh I'm gonna go get high and blah 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 it's like no you like take some and you go experience nature and you really really like like that through line of connect connectedness to mother earth yeah like that becomes illuminated and you experience it instead of like the psychological like oh yeah like we're one with the earth but on mushrooms and with mushrooms like it's a collaboration and you feel them working through you and you're talking to Mother Earth, you're talking to plants and you see uh, like these pathways open up and, and see ourselves as part of nature. That's what the beauty of, of mushrooms is. And, and I highly suggest if anybody's like contemplating it, like make sure that you do it like out in nature. That's like, what I've heard. Yeah. yeah on, go on a walk. Like you don't have to blast off or do anything like that, but it's, it'll definitely coast. like, yeah, it's, it's healing. and. Any type of story that uh, people put out there are narratives like against it. It's like they just don't know what they're talking about. But just practice them safely. Like that's the only thing. Don't I know? Take I have a couple of homies who lead. Stuff. They lead journeys. So I mean, you and Yanga was at the. Um, he was at the kayaking. He leads journeys, mushroom journeys. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yanga. Yeah, yeah. And um, the homie from uh, Darren. Darren. Darren LeBaron. Darren LeBaron. Yep. Darren leaves them with Yanga. Yeah, yeah. They were cut, they were trying to cut down mushrooms at the. Yeah, they had, they found a chaga mushroom on the tree. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. But they, like when we were remember when we were going in and then they were like over there like in like the brush area yeah. and they're like hey like do you guys have a knife and we're like yeah. no we don't have a knife. I actually had a knife on me. I know you're just like nah I don't got it right. <laughs> but I was afraid to stand up in that because I was like I don't know if I go over in this. Yeah. You get what if you got stuck underneath like the growth? Right. That's oh it. <laughs> my god! Like, oh, I can't get back out. Oh. I was like, that's yeah, that's a nightmare. I was like, that's the last thing I need on my <laughs> on our canoeing. Black event. man's well. <laughs> there he went. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dope. So yeah, is there anything else you'd like to share with our beautiful listeners? Oh man, um, you can find us uh, on Instagram. At Black Men's Wellness PDX, blackmenswellness.org. 
There's our website and a soon to be updated Facebook page. If people still do that, I feel like that's a di- different generation. Um, and yeah, just follow us on social media, uh, reach out to us on our website and be mindful of your breath. Dope. Well, thank you, Darrell. And thank you all for listening to opening presence. Mm-hmm.